0: You are listening to a podcast from JoetteCalabrese.com, where nationally certified American homeopath, public speaker, and author Joette Calabrese shares her passion for helping families stay healthy through homeopathy and nutrient-dense nutrition. and I'm here with Joette from joettcalabrese.com. Today we're going to talk about skin the ugly truth. Hello, Joette. How are you?
1: I'm doing well, Jendi. Nice to talk with you as always.
0: Let's jump right into the topic. What do you use and recommend people use on their skin?
1: I urge people to use only food. No, and I don't mean ketchup and relish. I mean foods such as um, ointments and oils that are made that are actually from the kitchen. So coconut oil, now some people can't use coconut oil uh, and it turns out that sometimes it's folks who are, uh, whose families originate from Northern Europe. So Germany and Sweden and you know those parts of the world often can't use coconut oil. It's uncomfortable for them or they, they actually have allergic reactions to them and I think it's because coconuts are from uh, around the equator. But um so coconut oil is one of my first choices but if that doesn't work butter butter yes but without salt because if you have any cracks or um um abrasions then of course salt is going to hurt but butter is so available there it is it's right in the kitchen and in the old days they used to say if you have a burn you put butter directly on of course it's uh salt free butter but one of my favorites on skin uh besides butter is tallow and or lard so lard is the the fat that's been rendered from a pig, and tallow is the fat that's rendered from the fat of um, uh, beef. And you can make it yourself. Now it's hard to find this in grocery stores, but if you can, if you happen to be purchasing your own me- meat from directly from a farmer, then you ask for the fat and, and you render your own. It's very easy to do. Um, and then if that doesn't work, you can often purchase it online. So um, also another uh, method for what, what can, another uh, product that can be used on the skin is coco- or, uh, um, cod liver oil. So that sounds like it would smell really awful. However, there's a wonderful product that Radiant Life per, uh, sells and it's cod liver oil that's that is used, uh, that's made into a product that without the preservatives, et cetera, et cetera, that doesn't have a strong odor. So cod liver oil is another good one. So saturated fats is what it's boiled down to saturated fats. Um, And then, of course, um, uh, the reason we don't use um, other products that are manufactured on the skin is because they cause trouble in the long run. They may cover up. They may make things a little more comfortable for a short period of time. But in the end, um, you don't put anything on your skin that you wouldn't eat because the moment you put it on your skin, it's absorbed into the system. And the way that I know this, Besides the fact that this is a known fact, is that um, I learned years ago uh, when my youngest or my oldest son was a, was a little boy, and it was before I knew enough about homeopathy to treat um, his colds and flus and sore throats, etc., with homeopathy. So um, I used uh, essential oils and um, herbs and things like that. So I knew that if you put garlic and you mix it together with olive oil. You mash it all up, and you put it on the bottoms of um, someone's feet who has got a cold or an infection of sorts. It will absorb into the skin and deal with that with with the uh, infection at hand. So he was about maybe two two and a half years old, and um, I, I had this mixture of garlic and olive oil, and I said, okay, lay down here on the on the bed, and I put an old towel under his feet. And I said, I'm going to rub your feet up with this garlic oil and you stay very still because I didn't want his feet to touch the, the covers and ruin the blankets, etc. So I I went off, went to the bathroom, washed my hands of all the garlic that I had on them, um, got some, some old socks, got another towel to wrap up his feet with as well, came back, put the socks on, wrapped his feet up, put the covers on him and kissed him. And within those five minutes, his breath smelled of garlic. That's how fast what we put on the skin is absorbed into the body. So we always want to use the most pure items on our skin that is worthy of our entire body. You know, the skin is not hermetically sealed. It is a a part, it is the organ that is a part of the entire system. So nothing but food.
0: So that kind of rules out a lot of makeup.
1: It does rule out makeup, however, I have a little caveat. <laughs> yes, um, Because we uh, w- uh, women want to be lovely, um, it is important to use a high-quality makeup, to use as little as possible. Um, I wear eyeliner, I, use, I wear lipstick, um, uh, um, not on a day-to-day basis but when I go out, um, and so I buy the highest quality that I can find. Because it's it is um, and and if you're going to use a foundation, then you want to try to find something that is the cleanest and the purest. Now I I've done a lot of reading on this through the years. I don't use foundation personally, but I know many women who do. And one of the companies that I like is Dr. Hauschka, uh, but I don't know that I'm I'm going to to stand behind that product. I'm just going to tell you that I use their lipstick and I use their eyeliner. And so I do know that they have foundation and I've not researched deeply into what kind of foundation ingredients are involved, but you you want to read those ingredients. And if there's anything in there you can't pronounce, I would think twice about it.
0: When you say about the saturated fats, that's for like lotion and cleaning, like a cleanser at night. Is that what you use them for?
1: No, for a cleanser at night, I would use um, um, baking soda and water. I would use raw vinegar and water. I would use a high quality soap like um um I like Kirk's soap. It's just coconut oil and um, and I, I don't remember what else is in it, but you can get unscented and I like that so, uh, uh, but that's only if you feel you absolutely must wash your face. I don't wash my face. I'll be honest with you, I don't can't remember the last time I got up soap and scrubbed my face. I just don't do that. um i th- I put water on my face, um, and you know, whatever comes down from my shampoo. Um then that then that's then that's useful too. But I use I use coconut oil and sometimes butter and or, or lard on my on my face and my body in general, most every day, even if it's just a little bit. Put it on my neck and my all around my eyes and it feels good to me. My skin is not dry, but sometimes it feels slightly tight and that feels very comforting to me.
0: I've been trying to find something for my daughter who's struggling with acne. Mm-hmm. and i know she needs to keep her face clean so would the coconut oil help her with that
1: um yes um i believe that keeping clean and the coconut oil afterwards or lard or tallow under those it it flies in the face of what most people would believe is problematic um with the skin and that you have to get rid of the oils but i believe it's not the oils that necessarily that are causing the trouble it's the it's what's going on inside so, when we talk about this course that I'm about to present on um, skin, acne is covered in it. And so, we use remedies that are specific for acne, homeopathic remedies, and it's not something that you take for the rest of your life. It's not like something that, uh, such as an antibiotic. It's These remedies are to – the goal is to root out the pathology, to root out the skin condition. Acne is one of the easier ones to get rid of. Um, I find that psoriasis is more difficult. That's you know uh, more entrenched and longer, um, usually longer lasting for most folks. But um, the idea is to get rid of the, the the problem that's that's at hand, not cover it up or to scrub it away, because it's only presenting on the skin. It really is a representation of what's lurking below which of course is then why we want to make sure that what our what what we putting on our skin is worthy of our entire body because it does go directly into the body and it does has to be, have to be processed by the liver it can affect the gut um we have to be so careful not to use antibiotic soaps one of the worst ideas that these companies have come up with but it's based on the you know pop culture um common uh, medical um, information that's out there that says we have to stay scrupulously clean. I, I don't buy that. I don't think it's a matter of staying scrupulously clean. I think it's a matter of, of um, the in, from the inside out and making sure things are dealt with in a systemic level rather than um, a localized level.
0: What if somebody has already used the antibiotic drugs or prednisone or Accutane?
1: Well, that's a great question because I don't know anyone who hasn't. You know what I mean? That's the world in which we live. Everyone 's used antibiotics. I mean it, I, I think there are very few people in this world who've never had antibiotics and If they are um, uh, even in existence, uh, then it means but their par- their parents had antibiotics, and that changes the gut flora for the, for them as well uh, potentially so um, once you 've had these kinds of uh, these um, um, injuries or insults to the body, now we want to do the best we can to to be certain that we keep it as pure as we possibly can now and try to help the body to undo it on its own but if you use homeopathy and of course that's what we're what I'm teaching in this course that it will uproot that the, the if if we had to look at life as well we're doomed we took antibiotics we took those birth control pills we used those steroids there's nothing left we're just doomed then um I'm I might as well just crawl into a hole and die because That's really a depressing way of looking at life. The beauty of homeopathy is that it is the savior medically. It is the medicine we thought we were getting. It's the medicine we all hoped we were getting without knowing, of course, the name of it. But every time we went to the doctors, as a you know dermatologist, and I had terrible skin most of my my all my childhood life. Um, Every time oh, this was going to do it, this doctor was going to do it and it not only didn't do it, it made it worse. Everything that was used on me covered it up for a short period of time and in the long run it bankrupt, bankrupted my account of health, so to speak. You know, it's like if we use something on the skin that's superficial from the drugstore, from the dermatologist. It's it's we see some little bit of benefit, it, it, and the benefit is is really superficial. It leads us to believe that wow, this is really working. This is great. Give it some more time, and it will boomerang. It will come back with a vengeance and cause new problems. Sometimes, um, seemingly unrelated problems. But in the end, it turns out that it, that the problems then can go to the gut, or we can we actually see people go into depression as a result of suppressed skin eruptions. and suppre- So suppression is a really bad word in homeopathy. We don't, we don't want to suppress anything because if we're suppressing, it's as though we're unscrewing the smoke alarm in the ceiling when there's a fire ablaze on the stove. All it's doing is taking away the, the sign that something's wrong. So if you're outside and there's a flame on your stove and you run in, you hear the smoke alarm, you say, oh, that darn smoke alarm, let's get rid of that sign, that signal that something is off. They unscrew it and they throw it in the garbage and they walk back outside again. Well, wait a minute, you haven't gotten to the issue. The issue is the fire on the stove. And so in the beginning, it appears as though you've come up with a solution because you don't have to hear the the loud, annoying sound of a smoke alarm screaming at you, but eventually you're going to have to face the fact that there's a fire on the stove. And often, with skin, the fire is related to the gastrointestinal tract. So if somebody's had an antibiotic, even one round, or they've used birth control pills, even just a few months, or they've used steroids, even just a round of it, a couple months, a month, what that does, what those drugs do, is they suppress the body's natural ability to resolve The problem, and then it shows up in depending on what is your weakest link in your body, often on the skin. So, in uprooting the skin problems, we're not just going to say, "Oh, let's just use this ointment and we're on," or "Let's just," or even "Let's just use this tallow or or coconut oil or cod liver oil on our skin and just be be done with it." No, 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 no. It's a representation of something that's going on at a deeper level, and that's what I want to teach, or what I'm teaching in this course how do you get to the bottom of it? Now let's look at what preceded this. What I tell people is, look, you want to know what's really going on? You want to really get an idea of what has caused this skin issue? Get a pencil, make sure it's sharp, make sure it's got a good eraser on it, get a nice long sheet of paper and lay out your life in a timeline. And the only part we want to know about your life is all of the health issues. So start now and go back. 2 months ago or a year ago or 6 months ago and look at well I had bronchitis a year ago now we don't want to know just that you had bronchitis we want to know what was the treatment for that bronchitis oh antibiotics okay you write down bronchitis 2013 november and what and the antibiotics okay now you go back further what was before that bronchitis oh there was another bronchitis 3 years prior to that oh 2011 here we go. There's a, what do you know? Look, look at this timeline. I remember I took antibiotics for that too. And you go back and you go back and you can go all the way back to croup as an infant, the vaccines that were given, the 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 steroids that were used, and you lay it all out. And the reason I say you need a good eraser is because you're going to change things around, and you and you may not remember exactly everything as you approach this little task at that same on that same within that same half hour, hour that you put into this. You keep that timeline out there and two days later, you're going to say, you know what, I forgot to put that part about the fact that I had conjunctivitis or I forgot, you know, I used to get ear infections too. Well conjunctivitis is met with antibiotics, conjunctivitis is met with antibiotics. Now we can lay out and say, holy cow, I think this does have something to do with my gastrointestinal tract. And so when you lay it all out. It is a revelation of monumental um, um, uh, proportions. And once we recognize that, now we can say, okay, this does seem to maybe have something to do with my gastrointestinal tract, and it does seem that every time I have milk, my acne is worse, or if I have too much milk, or if I have cupcakes with blue dye on them, or if I have too much wheat that's where this is likely coming from.
0: Is it all going back to the gut or do you pinpoint other issues as well?
1: No, there are other issues as well. The other issues are what are the what are the weakest links in the family inheritance? If you look at a, a, someone who has terrible acne, look to the parents. Did the parents have acne? Now, the parents are likely not to have had acne quite as severe because it's generational. And what's generational is the the voluminous amount of drugs that have come into play in the last generation. So the parent might have had a little acne and the, and the parent's parent didn't think to take the child to a dermatologist because in those days, perhaps they just, you know, they just didn't do it. He said, well, here, just have some more eggs or get out in the sun or something or scrub your face better. So the, the answers were, in my estimation, actually more intelligent than going to the dermatologist and getting the drugs, to be honest. So um if there's a propensity for something, skin issues, and it may not have been acne for the parent, it could have been eczema, could have been a little bit of psoriasis. Grandpa may have had just a little bit of psoriasis on his knees. And um, but it was no big deal. Now what we do is if we get what the parents had, because basically we're DNA. I mean, if we look at ourselves as a biological entity, we are DNA. So the DNA, the clay from which we're made is what the parents, the cumulative aspects of our grandparents and parents, and et cetera, et cetera. So if grandpa had a little bit of psoriasis on his on his leg and didn't bother with it, maybe maybe and he did use tallow on it, because he would have thought to do that. Now his his daughter has a little bit of acne and they didn't do much of it. They maybe they used an antibiotic once or twice and that was the end of it. Now that daughter has a child and the child has acne. Now what we're looking at is there is a uh, DNA that's running through the family and in homeopathy we do want to know that if we can because it gives us information as to what remedies that, that if we're stuck in terms of using a specific protocol, that the protocols that I teach in my course, we're stuck and we don't know where to go with it, we can always look at a remedy that is specific to uproot family inheritances.
0: So you're working down to the DNA.
1: We're getting to the bottom of it. We're getting to the bottom of it. You know, a lot of parents tell me, and its I see it on the internet, it's everywhere. I mean, it's about one of the most ubiquitous stories uh, uh, in the internet today. My child was perfectly healthy, had great skin. Until six weeks old, he was given the vaccines. Suddenly, the vaccine was on Wednesday. On Monday, my child's got some eczema. What is this? Go back to the to the to the pediatrician. "Hey doc, what's with the eczema? I think could it be related to oh no. Couldn't possibly be related to the vaccine." Well, if I were in his shoes, I'd be a little uncomfortable too. I might I might want to deny that because I was the guy who did it potentially. And I'm not saying it's a slam dunk, but it certainly is a place where we want to start looking, we want to examine all of these medicalized Methods of treating the human body. It gets to the point where you start saying, "Whoa, whoa, 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 stop!" Okay, I, I, I got to get a breather here. I got to figure out what's going on. And, and, and so we got to stop treating, 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 treating. We got to start looking at what else is going on. Now, I'm not going to say that it is—it's a slam dunk that it's the vaccines, but I, I hear it all the time. And I don't think mothers are whiners. I'm going to be honest with you. I think the, the, the watchful eye of a mother is a very intelligent um, place for medicine to be looking. Mothers are, are just the first step outside of their child and they are, they're observant and they note first this, then that, but if they're shot down and told, can't be, that no, no, we have not, that's, there's no link. Then, then she starts to question herself and she starts thinking, well, wait a minute. Um he's saying that um or she, the pediatrician is saying that can't possibly be related, but boy, it sure seems that way. So she subdues herself though. She doesn't tell people about it because she knows it's an uncool thing to say. It sounds uneducated. But what it really is is her gut her gut saying, but this timeline it's it's um undeniable. And so I urge mothers and grandmothers to pay attention to what happens to their children. And don't let any industry tell you that you are wrong about that. I'm not saying you don't listen to them because doctors are fabulous for diagnostics. Excellent. You want to know, is that eczema or is it psoriasis? That can be very useful. Is this rosacea or is it um, uh, garden variety um, acne? That's useful information, particularly if you take my course because I I distinguish between that sometimes. And the reason I distinguish it is so that you have an exact protocol of exactly what remedies can be used for something like that.
0: And homeopathy can help all of those that you mentioned?
1: Homeopathy has a history of being able to uproot skin issues for over 200 years. In fact, to be precise, Dr. Samuel Hahnemann started his treatise on homeopathy in 1796 so since 1796 whether it's acne in paris in 1805 or it's eczema in leipzig in 1870 or or it's rosacea in in boston massachusetts in 1905 it's the same remedies it's the same stuff it's the same protocols it's a, pretty much it's the same methodology nothing capricious nothing has changed the only thing is that most people don't know about homeopathy that's That's the problem, not that we don't know how to, how to that the, that the medicines of homeopathy don't know how to uproot illness. It's that nobody knows that it's possible <laughs> That's the crux of this of the problem
0: Is there any skin problem that you wouldn't recommend homeopathy for?
1: I can't think of one. And, having worked in in Calcutta at the Prasanta Banerjee Homeopathic Research Foundation, I saw skin issues that you would never see here, and why would we not see them here, but we would see them there that's That's the kind of the burning question. Is it because they are so much there's so much more poverty there? Well, that's part of the picture that is part of the answer. Is it that they're more prone because they're Indian and not American? No, I don't think so i think that the reason is that because of the poverty um they don't go to the dermatologist and um they the dermatologist doesn't get a chance to suppress it so they still have illnesses that are expressed on the skin where in the united states you don't see as many skin issues here um and instead We see other issues because they're a result of the suppression of all the drugs that have been used on these on Americans for so many years. When I was a little girl, I used to take a bus to school. It was not a school bus; it was a city bus, and um, I would I would get in the bus and I had eczema as a child, and it was pretty severe. So I was hypersensitive to other people's skin issues, and because of that, I would sit down on the bus and I would look around and I would see all the other people's skin issues. There were blats. Lots of skin issues in those days, I were talking about the fifties and sixties. I saw people with lots of warts. I saw people with lots of skin tags. I saw people with eczema and psoriasis and um, flaking of skin um, and I noted it because I was so aware of my own skin now mine was not was was pretty ugly, but it was so suppressed that it only was able to come through every once in a while because of the, the 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 ointments that i that had been used on my skin for so long, but a lot of people didn't have the uh, availability of dermatologists like I did and the reason I did perhaps is because I had a lot of doctors in my family and cousins and uh, etc and and so we were taken to the doctors much sooner, I think back in the fifties when it was just starting to become uh, a, a lifestyle now i I have to admit I haven't been on a bus in many years, but my guess is if I were to hop on a bus today, I would likely not see the kinds of skin issues instead, I saw them in India, so it's the outward expression of a deeper pathology that remains on the skin for many people in India, and so i even i saw um, um leprosy in India that still exists I see um I saw psoriasis that just encapsulated the body not sat on top of the skin encapsulated the body so it looked as though there was a, a second skin on top of them um i certainly saw acne um and 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 eczema psoriasis um chronic hives um alopecia which i ha- which is hair loss which i have to cons- uh, we have to consider on some level is is a skin issue so um in this country, we look better, you know. The middle class looks better, um, but uh, but in many ways, we're we're worse off. We're sicker.
0: Did you see some of those cases in India get better?
1: Yes, I did see it. And not only was I keenly interested in this because of my own history with skin, and because I knew I was going to be putting this course together within a year or so, um, I went back and 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 I went to the the data that they collect on the second floor of this world-class research center. And by the way, I might add that all they used was homeopathy, even though they were all doctors, medical doctors. Um, and I went on the second floor and I asked to, to, to speak to some of the data inputters um, on that second floor so that I could go back and look at – they took photographs and, um, and and you could see the history of a particular case, going back to see how bad it was, so that if I observed a case downstairs with the doctors uh that was the that ha- of psoriasis for example and i saw that the plaques do remain but the doctor's turned to me and said this case was much worse a year and a half ago i went upstairs and looked at it i wanted to see it before because now i've seen the whole case now i've now, and and then i recorded it so that i knew how long it would take psoriasis takes a long time to 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 root out homeopathically but it is doable
0: when did you conquer your own skin problem
1: yeah well i didn't and this is what happened. I was I was 6 weeks old and I tell the story in my course. I was 6 weeks old and I was healthy and everything was fine and um I went for my first vaccinations and shortly after I started to develop within about a week or two uh, uh eczema on my face. My my shins, my my cheek cheeks looked very rosy. Um but then too rosy, then they looked rough. Um and my off we went to the dermatologist apparently and My parents were told I had eczema and that I had to stay away from um, anything that tasted good. (laughs) Dairy, you know, so cheese and milk and. Orange juice and chocolate. Of course, I wasn't having chocolate at that age. I was too young. But nonetheless, um, all of those kinds of things could not be included in my diet, and and I couldn't wear wool, and I couldn't have feathers around me. Could you know? So, so I couldn't have a um, a feather pillow, and couldn't be around dogs, and couldn't have cats. And of course, then there was dust. So basically, you're, what you're doing is you're living a life of abstinence from everything. I mean, how do you deal with all of that? So um, I had eczema. Um, in spite of all the shots and all the treatments that I had, and I had plenty, um, all the way up until puberty. and Then at puberty, something changed, which often happens for many people with eczema. It changed to instead of it being eczema and going to the dermatologist, we ended up at the gastroenterologist because now I had stomach pains. And Because all along, it was a gastrointestinal issue because that's often what a vaccine can trigger, for example. So all along it was a gastrointestinal issue, and the doctor knew, the dermatologist knew that to a certain degree, because I wasn't allowed to eat certain foods. So obviously, what was being put in my stomach was affecting my skin to a certain degree. Now my, my mother made sure that I abstained from all of those foods, but you know, it still lived on. There was much more to it than just the food. So then in my teens, I got very sick with a lot of gastrointestinal issues, and then um, in my 20s, I had a respite, a period of respite where nothing bothered me, Um, and I I call that the grace period, and most people have their 20s is a grace period. Uh, For a lot of people, I don't get very many people calling me in their 20s who are sick with skin issues or any other issue for that matter. It usually doesn't come back with a vengeance until they get into their 30s, because then in their 20s they're taking birth control pills. Um another big mistake as far as I'm concerned, um if they have a little cold or a little a little boil or a little sore throat, off to the doctor they go and they get antibiotics. So now they're they're kind of they're they're revving up for what's going to happen in their 30s. And then in their 30s it's wham. All hell lets loose. And that's exactly what happened to me. And so I was very sick, I went to doctors again. Um after doctor, after doctor, after doctor. I was actually married to a doctor in my 20s. So I, I believed in the medical paradigm, the conventional medical paradigm. So I, I, it took a lot to, to, to uh, get it out of my head that, that drugs were not going to be the answer. It took a long time. I wanted to go to, quote, the learned, unquote. But the learned had learned only to use drugs. I didn't realize that for a long time. Until finally, I said, "That's it. I'm just as sick with drugs as I am without drugs. So I'm going to stop all drugs. Not even an aspirin. Not a Tylenol. Nothing. I'm not. I'm going to get everything that's in my medicine cabinet, throw it in the garbage. And I did. I got rid of everything. Um. And and ex- oh, except for one thing, Benadryl, which I had never used, but I was afraid because I started to develop asthma at that time. I was afraid very much that. That I would might need Benadryl, it could be a lifesaver for me. I never opened it, never used it, and kept it for a long time, and then finally, eventually, threw that out as well. Once I learned uh, the method to uproot asthma as well, so now I had asthma and chronic fatigue and a lot of other issues, and I don't want to go into it all. I don't want to bore people, but it was a, there were I had a lot of problems, and it wasn't. And I changed my diet. I was vegan. I was macrobiotic, and I went into, um, and I and I and I went to both of these. One first vegan for many, many, many years. Oh, not let not many. It was for about three years, I should say. And then for and then uh, a macrobiotic for a few years as well. Very strict because I wanted relief. So you, when you want relief, you you'll go to the extreme, and that's exactly what I did. Um, until finally, um, I I st- then I went to vitamin therapy. I used essential oils for many years. I studied them. I studied herbs. I picked my own herbs in my in in the in the wayfields in my around my around my home and the in the made my own tinctures. And I went through all of these paradigms until finally I met up with a homeopath. It was a lecture I had gone to and it was around the time my son was born and a doctor was doing was was offering lectures. He was a homeopath and an MD. And um he offered this lecture, and it completely turned my head. It was the most logical um lecture I've ever been to. Finally, somebody was saying something that made sense, and I didn't even know what the word homeopathy meant. Um, he wouldn't take my case, so I found someone who had studied in england um about about six months later. I met with her. she lived you know about an hour away from where I lived, and she cured me she cured me of the asthma. Um, A good amount of the chronic fatigue, the asthma was gone in short, fairly short order. Uh, The chronic fatigue took longer, and then I decided I wanted to learn. And once I learned how to use homeopathy, then I was able to finish the rest of what she hadn't finished for me.
0: And And I never turned back. And now you have beautiful skin?
1: Now I have beautiful skin. Now I don't have gut problems. Now I don't have asthma. I don't have any of those things. Um, I get a little bit of allergies at this time of year. I don't know if you've noticed, i am scratch my nose here and there. I feel a little itchy once in a while when the leaves turn and there's mold, etc., and there's a change in weather. Nothing compared to what I've had all my life. And I can eat anything now.
0: Even chocolate?
1: Well, I, I, I yes, even chocolate. <laughs> but I just don't eat it in large amounts. <laughs> right.
0: So you taking all this learning and what you tried on yourself and you're putting it into this course. Can you tell yes. us a little bit? Is it... Just reading or is it audio, video, what is
1: it? It's audio and it's it's a PowerPoint presentation and it is well, my opus on many levels. It's cumulative of, of 62 years of literally 62 years of trying to figure this skin thing out from the time I was six weeks old. Now, I didn't have the wherewithal to figure things out when I was six weeks old, but I can tell you very early on in my age, I said, there's got to be a cure to the, for this. There's got to be a way. Even as, as early as I'm remembering, say, maybe eight or nine years old, there's got to be a cure. Why am I not better? And so this is the answer as far as I'm concerned. And so what I'm going to teach folks is how to deal with more most of the common skin ailments that, that people suffer from. And I'm using the protocols. I'm teaching them the protocols that I learned when I was in India working with Dr. Banerjee um, and, and then we're going to use some cases. Um, it will be live to start and then later on, we'll re- well, of course, it will be recorded and we'll be able to probably present it you know, a couple years from now as well. But this is a live course and folks will be able to join in and um, not only submit cases and I can't promise I'll co- cover all cases but I'm going to try to find as, as much time as I can to do that uh, but they'll be able to join in in an online forum where other people who are suffering from the same skin issues or their children or their parents are suffering, they will be able to meet and uh, discuss what, uh, what has helped them out of the protocols that, that I presented.
0: Sounds like a great course and they can get that through com.
1: Yes, they go to com and when you go there there will be um information and I urge you to read the story. I mean, I give more information about my own personal story and and and, and note what other people have said about how skin issues have been resolved for them with these Banerjee protocols, these homeopathic banergy protocols.
0: Thank you so much, Joette, for talking to us today and telling us about homeopathy and your own story. And I, for one, am going to go get my coconut oil out of the cupboard and try it on my face (laughs) today.
1: (laughs) Great, Jendi. It's been a pleasure.
0: Thank you for listening to this podcast with Joette Calabrese. If you liked it, please share it with your friends.